0: A good intention for a meditation practice is to cultivate this otherworldly well-being where you're not dependent on what's happening in your life for your happiness. And it's achievable, and once achieved, things can happen and you can maintain a stable internal state throughout whatever happens. And that's that's a superpower, if there ever was one, and, and it is obtainable through through meditations. It's Wednesday, November 16th, and you're listening to the Breathe and Think Better podcast. This is a live show that takes place on TikTok weekdays at noon Pacific time. We explore actionable techniques like meditation and breathwork that we can all use to live a happier and more fulfilling life. Today, we're talking about sensory clarity, equanimity, mindfulness, and more. You can check the show notes of this episode for free resources. And if you want to learn more about breathwork and meditation, visit breatheandthinkbetter.com. Let's hop right into today's conversation. Hello, Jake. It's
1: a beautiful day in Southern California.
0: Beautiful day. Hello to everyone joining us right now. This is Breathe and Think Better Live. This is a live TikTok talk show that we do weekdays at noon. We talk about breathwork, meditation, and other actionable techniques we can all use to live happier and more fulfilling lives. Welcome, Danny,
1: I'm excited about some guests that we have coming on the show. On Friday, we have a confirmation from Aaron King, who goes by the name Deep Snap on TikTok. He's an incredible content creator who is driving around the world right now, showing off his photography skills. Next week, we have Chloe on the show. She's a biohacker. And uh, that's going to be next Friday as well. So two Fridays back to back, we had some uh, very special guests.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's exciting. It's, it's always really fun to bring on people to the show and just kind of talk about all the different wisdoms and knowledges and techniques and, and things people are up to because it's a it's a big wide world out there. And Having TikTok to to help connect with all those people is uh, is pretty awesome. Appreciate that.
1: And uh, something else today is episode thirty.
0: Episode thirty. All right. Happy thirty. Happy thirty. If anyone listening has uh, has listened to any of our other live shows, or if you want to, you can search for "Breathe and Think Better" on your favorite podcasting platform and check all those out. We've had some amazing guests in the last thirty episodes. We've talked in depth about breathwork, meditation, manifestation, all kinds of good stuff. So if you're interested in any of that, check that out. And then I think, you know, today we're going to continue talking about meditation, which is our favorite topic to talk about. Jake and I just completed a, uh, another episode, I guess you could call it, in the Koan series uh, taught by Henry Shookman inside of Sam Harris's Waking Up app. And in that series, you're working through these koans, which are short phrases that have been kind of linked to enlightenment throughout the Eastern traditions and throughout history. Many of them are very old. This one was from the year 600. And uh, it it was about the bearded man with no beard. And essentially, the koan was... Why doesn't the barbarian have a beard? And the word barbarian is used simply to replace the word foreigner in that uh, in that time period. But it's just these phrases don't have any answers. They don't have, you know, you're not looking for, you know, hidden bits of, of wisdom in them. It's the phrase itself that's supposed to do something to the mind. And like Henry Shuchman says, it's supposed to just kind of open up parts of the mind that we might not think, you know? And so what you do is you, you listen to the phrase or you say the phrase out loud or in your head and you just see what it does. And you just notice that. And, uh, and that is the practice of, of koans.
1: Yeah. I think the whole point is reattach concepts to everything in the world. And what happens is when you use concepts for everything constantly, it doesn't, doesn't show the whole picture. You know, you, you look at things and, You realize that we need concepts to navigate the world. But concepts can't show you the whole world. They can't describe your complete sensory experience. And that's why it's so important every day to just let go of concepts for a short amount of time. Because then you can really understand the abundance that is happening. Even when concepts might be telling you that things are all crashing and burning around you, you let go of those concepts for a little bit and you realize the luminous visual field that you have or the interesting soundscape that's going on or the incredible feelings that you have running through your body.
0: Yep. Spending time unlearning, as uh, as we've said before. Another thing that Henry Shuchman talked about on the exercise, the meditation that we did this morning was the idea in Buddhism of worldly wellness or worldly well-being and and otherworldly well-being. And that's an interesting one because in in Buddhism you have the worldly well-being is is basically just being a good person, right? It's it's showing kindness and compassion. It's not committing, you know, any any harm. It's, you know, not causing other people suffering. Basically just just being a good person like we all can identify with. But the idea of this otherworldly well-being that's well-being that's cultivated outside of the material world. So it's a well-being, it's a sense of peace and happiness that exists regardless of external circumstances. So it's an internal happiness and peace that you cultivate through the practice of meditation. This isn't just a, just a Buddhist tenet but it's something that all of us can find inside of this practice of meditation. We talk about not striving towards things and not having goals in your meditation practice, but it's also important to have intention. And I think a good intention for a meditation practice is to cultivate this otherworldly well-being where you're not dependent on what's happening in your life for your happiness. And it's achievable, and once achieved, Things can happen and you can maintain a stable internal state throughout whatever happens. And that's, that's a superpower if there ever was one. And, and it is obtainable through, through meditation. So I, I appreciated that.
1: Yeah, another way to phrase this that we've talked about so much in the show is I think what Danny's saying here is he's talking about equanimity. You know, whether things are good or bad, you're keeping that inner balance This state of mind is achieved through repetition. You know, when you bring an equanimous attitude to your practice, when you bring an equanimous attitude to any activity that you do, you know, going into a conversation with your friend, walking into work, wherever you go, if you bring an equanimous attitude where it's like, you know what, regardless of the conditions today, I'm going to be cool and calm. I'm going to be alert and energized. It comes with repetition. The more you do that, the more you remind yourself of this, the easier it gets.
0: And remember that our, you know, our default mode, our network, whatever you want to call it, is not one of equanimity. So if you're if you're listening to us talk and you're like I, I can't do that, you know, that's you're not alone. But that that is our default and we default towards reacting with strong emotion to everything that happens and there's a lot of reasons for that and that that sort of reaction is important in some parts of our life but it 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 ends up it ends up triggering in situations where we don't want it to and especially with the way that society is sort of built today a lot of those old tendencies that we used for through evolution to survive as a species we just don't need in everyday life anymore and that's why you know this this practice of meditation sort of feels difficult and 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 there's friction when when you first start out doing it and that's that's a good thing because that means you're learning you're activating your brain you're uh, you're tapping into the neuroplasticity that we that we are capable of 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 changing the way our brain works and Andrew Huberman says in his, in his meditation podcast that if you're doing something and there's no friction and it's easy, you probably shouldn't be doing it, right? You need to do things in life that give you a little bit of friction and, and are a little bit difficult because that's the only way you know you're learning and activating that neuroplasticity, changing the brain based on our experiences.
1: Right, because we were designed to evolve and survive. And so there's a survival mechanism always happening. Our brain's always looking for threats. Those threats have changed over the years. And so that's I think that's why meditation is becoming so much more popular. Because, you know, we live in a society where you can think something and then just put it out there to the world. And you realize that, like, the people who have a lot of influence, the people who have large audiences, they're just people like you and me. They make mistakes just like you and me. It's so easy to just think something and let your emotions hijack your mind. And you just send something out there that can be very harmful to people. And so meditation is the practice of having that equanimity so you don't respond to harm with more harm. Because then you create this downward spiral that, you know, it hurts others. It hurts yourself. It's just, it's such an important Practice and, and just reminding yourself to kind of stay cool and calm is uh, step one to kind of preventing these disasters from happening.
0: And the insights that you gain through meditation too allows you to identify those tendencies and responses. Like you were saying, the threats have changed. Right? We're not we're not wandering the the plains of the savanna and, and worrying about predators anymore. And that's how our Ancestors evolved, and now that fight or flight uh, response that the body just does automatically when it when it senses danger pops off when we. When we get caught off in traffic or when we get a a text that kind of like, you know, we've all gotten that text where whether it's like we need to talk or, you know, call me or something like that. You get your heart rate increases and, and the body starts sending blood to the extremities, literally like you're going to fight or run away, fight or flight. And a lot of people, the anxiety that a lot of people experience on a daily basis, that's what that is. It's the fight or flight mode and it just kind of takes over. It's an automatic response. But if you know what it is, which you develop that insight through meditation, and then you can choose to respond rather than react to whatever it is that's happening, and again, that's the equanimity you get from meditation. So it's it's a two-part, the insight and the equanimity. Then you can handle all of those innate responses that we have, and it's just Makes everything much more manageable.
1: Yeah, and to go back to something that we were talking about yesterday in more detail on episode 29 of the Breathe and Think Better Podcast, we were talking about a natural, built-in mechanism that we all have, which is called the sigh of relief. And this is kind of segueing into breath work, because they're so interchangeable. But when you take in like a double inhale twice as long as you normally would. And then you just let out a sigh. Your body does this naturally. When you go from, let's say, experiencing danger or confusion to experiencing safety and clarity, you, your body naturally sighs. And this is something that you can do systematically because your body naturally sighs like 12 times every hour, about every five minutes. But you can do 12 sighs in a row right now that can calm you down, but also put you in an alert state of mind. And that's why these practices are so powerful. And these practices are endless because you can notice that you can create endless amounts of breathwork protocols that can help you. You can create certain breathwork protocols that put you in a hyper alert state of mind. You can do certain breathwork exercises that really calm you down or relax you that can help you a better night's sleep it all starts with mindfulness of the breath it all starts with meditation it starts with paying attention to every step that you take that builds up your concentration that builds up your clarity that builds up your equanimity because you're not worried about what type of step you're taking you're just paying attention to the next step
0: and that that mindfulness is so key because you know as as dr huberman says in his podcast he says this is a quote mindfulness being present to what we're doing in the given moment is one of the essential keys to happiness and improved mood regardless of what we're doing so that means even if what you're doing is unpleasant just being mindful can can improve your your happiness and and you can be just as happy washing the dishes as you are watching your favorite Netflix show. That sounds crazy, but it is completely possible. And it all comes down, or it all goes back to mindfulness. And mindfulness of the breath is the first step in cultivating that sense of presence. And that's why our show is Breathe and Think Better, because like Jake just said, breath work and meditation are interchangeable. For the purposes of when you're starting out, they are the same. And they can branch off and become different as, you, as you, you know go down your practice, sure. But when you are starting, they are the same practice. It all starts with cultivating that conscious awareness of the breath. And that is the bread and butter. That's what we practice almost every day together on this show. At the end, we always do a mindfulness meditation or, or breathwork exercise. And, and that's, that's it. That's where you start.
1: Eight years ago when I moved from Massachusetts to California I got a job as a dishwasher and I was so just my ego was because before that I was the general manager of a restaurant but I moved to a new city and, and no one cared and so I got a job at a restaurant as a dishwasher and I was my ego was just like shattered and but I needed money and I wanted to make it and you know the higher ego was like oh. You know, can't not make it like you got to do it you know so it was like a survival mechanism I guess I remember I get so frustrated and I remember after I eventually moved up in the in the restaurant and you know washing dishes it was just never the same I just never wanted to do it ever again it wasn't until I started practicing meditation and, and learning from you know these meditation masters of how to be mindful of when you're whatever you're doing that's what you're doing and now you know I almost enjoy washing the dishes cause I'm like, I have this like sense of gratitude that like I can now pay attention with more clarity while I'm doing this task. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. And now and it's like all these other feelings of like gratitude and I'm just paying attention to like how the warm water feels on my hands while I'm washing the dishes. I'm, I'm listening to the sound of the faucet. Um, paying attention to my feet on the ground and I'm just not worried about like oh why am I washing dishes why you know like all these other things that used to go through my mind while I was washing dishes like so stressed out about all these other things going on in my life and it's like no when you're washing dishes rule number one in mindfulness practice is when you walk you pay attention to walking when you sit you pay attention to sitting When you're washing dishes, you pay attention to washing dishes. This builds up your concentration muscles. This builds up your sensory clarity. This builds up your equanimity. Washing dishes can be a meditation practice when you approach it with these principles.
0: And it all goes back to finding that otherworldly well-being, right? That regardless of external circumstances, it doesn't matter if you're washing dishes. It doesn't matter if you're you know laying on the couch with your your pets it doesn't matter what you're doing you can find that sense of peace and happiness regardless of external circumstances only depending on your internal circumstances and that kind of leads me into another topic i wanted to cover today this is also from andrew huberman's podcast on meditation which i'll link to the show notes of of this show, this is also a podcast called "Breathe and Think Better." You can find it everywhere podcasts are available. But Andrew Huberman was giving advice on for, on people starting a meditation practice, which is we get those questions all the time. You know, how do I start? What, you know, what what practice is best? And it goes back to that exteroception and interoception that he talked about. So just to just to reiterate that that point. If you're interoceptive, you're, you're really perceptive of things happening inside of you, so in skin level and below. So that would include your thoughts, your heartbeat, your breathing. I am more interoceptive than I am exteroceptive. Exteroceptive is more aware of things outside of your body. This would be sounds. This would be uh, things you see. And if you don't know if you're interoceptive or exteroceptive, you can lay down and close your eyes, And see if your attention goes inward or outward. Just watch what your attention does. Don't try and focus on anything. For me, my attention immediately goes to my thoughts. And you can do this with your eyes open or closed. And if you find your attention's going to sounds or things that you see or the light behind your eyes, you're more exteroceptive. But regardless, figure out which one you are and then do a meditation practice that actually goes against what you are naturally. So here's the example. I'm interoceptive, so I'm really good at sensing things inside my body. So the meditation practice for me would be to lay and put my attention outside of my body. What can I hear? What can I see? And focus on that. And the reason is this works against your default state So if you default to noticing things inside the body, you want to strengthen your ability to notice things outside the body and vice versa. And what this does is allows you to slide on that scale more easily. So when it becomes time for you to focus internally, calm down, you can do that. When it becomes time for you to focus externally and, you know, really dial in, get that work done or or connect with the person you're having the conversation with, then you can do that. And I thought that that was really interesting because I've never thought about it that way and I've never approached my practice in that way, working against my default mode, which is interoceptive. So I think that that might be useful for anyone out there, even if you're a seasoned meditator. Go about your next sitting in this way. Think about if you're interoceptive or exteroceptive and then try doing a meditation that's on the opposite side of that spectrum and and see what happens because scientifically, this is the best way to approach it according to Dr. Huberman. But we know that, you know, there's, there's science and spirituality married together in this practice. So it doesn't necessarily mean this is the perfect way to do it. But I thought it was a really interesting way to think about your practice and kind of and move forward in, in starting if you've never meditated before.
1: Shout out to Luna for listening to the podcast. Thanks so much for your comment and your support. Uh, I just want to add to what Danny was saying, because that's essentially the practice. It's like get get good at figuring out what you're good at and then kind of fill in the gaps. But it reminds me of something that I learned a couple weeks ago doing the four hour retreat in Sam Harris's Waking Up app from the teacher Joseph Goldstein. And he talks about uh, essentially what Danny was just talking about, internal and external senses. And a trick that he taught me during that retreat was if you 're having a hard time paying attention and being present when you 're around other people, focus on your visual field, your external sense, because this can actually ground you and make you more present and I thought that was really interesting, and that 's something that i 've been applying in my life now over the past you know week and a half, and I found it really helpful to improve my listening skills cuz i think it's so crazy like let's say i'm talking to someone who i love and they're telling me a story i want to be completely present for that story i want to listen like when danny's talking i want to listen but i can't shut off my own mind and i do get hijacked by my own mind <laughs> like it, it's just it's just a natural tendency like we all do and so it actually helps when I'm trying to listen and I notice that mental chatter going off in my head, if I activate my visual field, if I activate my external field, it actually helps me become a better listener, which I thought was a neat little trick that I've just been exposed to now. You know, like we've been meditating for years and like, wow, here's a new meditation trick. You know, that's, a, that's the whole point of the show is to like talk about these things as we learn them in real time. And then, you know, if anyone's listening and, and you come back to the show and and you try that, you know, I'd love to hear people's thoughts in the comments on it next week.
0: That's exactly what Huberman is, is advocating. And again, we get that marriage of science and spirituality. You know, Joseph Goldstein's a practicing Buddhist and a and a Buddhist teacher. And you've got Dr. Andrew Huberman, a neuroscientist out of Stanford, saying the same thing. And we love when that happens. Yeah, I think that would definitely be useful for me because like i was saying i'm i'm much more interoceptive i'm noticing things internally and of course the same thing happens to me where my mind my thoughts get hijacked and it's great to have that that grounding tool of of focusing in because we always you know when we're talking almost always our our eyes are open and so it's just it's just a matter of tapping in but if you pay attention And again, this is that clarity that that Jake was talking about that, that you strengthen through meditation. If you pay attention to where your attention is when you're talking to someone, it's almost never on your visual field, at least for me. I'm always thinking about how I'm going to respond to whatever it is they're saying. I'm listening to respond as opposed to listening to understand. Now, this is something that has gotten much better with me since I've started meditating and my listening has improved drastically, but it still happens, and I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast, you're probably not super focused on what it is you're seeing right now because you're listening, right? And we switch between those senses um, so fluidly that we can have our eyes open and not be seeing and you won't really be aware of that unless you've developed, you know, a strong sense of insight through a meditation practice. It's very difficult to track where your attention actually is going in any given moment. And that's that sensory clarity that Jake always talks about on the show. It's so powerful when you, when you develop that for those reasons because it gives you such great insight into how your mind works.
1: Yeah, and when you see you know, you see in the physical world, but then you also see the mental image in your internal world. And so to provide a little clarity on this trick, you want to see in the physical world. That's where you want to kind of direct your attention to become a better listener, because there's something connected between what you see in the physical world and then what you hear in the physical world. Because otherwise, if you're just kind of letting your mind if you're kind of paying attention to that chatter that's going on in your internal world then you also see those images that appear to be kind of behind your eyes in your internal world also and when you have chatter firing and images firing you're not doing a great job listening you know like you might be thinking of how you're going to respond but are you really paying attention so if you just you know the trick is if if you just focus on what you see in your external world then You'll kind of do a better job hearing in your external world. And then you can become a a better listener. And, um, you know, listening really is the superpower. You know, uh, meditation really is the systematic approach to becoming a better listener. And that's how you create stronger connections. It's actually how you become less lonely, less depressed. You begin by paying attention. Oftentimes, when you're feeling sad, you just need to change what you're paying attention to.
0: I think that so it was funny so while you were speaking I had thoughts of how I wanted to respond and then actually redirected to the visual field and I uh, I was noting what I was seeing to to kind of help me stay honed in and that technique of noting and labeling I think can be used in conjunction with with your trick or with Joseph Goldstein's trick of of zooming in on the visual field if you wanted to take it even a step further you can use noting or labeling and we have three minutes left. Why don't we demonstrate what that, what that technique might look like um, for everyone listening? So we've got, we've got three minutes left. We're going to lead in a meditation. If you're in a safe place to do so, you can practice this meditation with us right now. But if you're driving or something like that, save it for later. Just search for Breathe and Think Better on your favorite podcasting platform, and you can listen to this episode later today right there. So if it's safe for you to do so, go ahead and close your eyes. And just take a few deep breaths as we begin. In through the nose, filling up the belly, then the chest, and just releasing on the exhale. Bringing some spaciousness into the body. With these breaths, feeling the expansion and contracting. And as the attention begins to settle... We're going to experiment a little bit here with labeling or noting. So the basic instruction is to just sit comfortably and just gently note whatever it is you notice next. So if you notice thoughts, just gently label thoughts in the mind. Thoughts. Thoughts. If you hear sounds, label them sounds, sounds. And then if you feel sensations in the body, just label those two sensations. And so you're simply observing your experience as if you've taken a step back. and just labeling wherever the attention goes. This helps us develop that sensory clarity, the insight, and the equanimity, because there is no reaction or response necessary. we get to step back and just observe. Noting thoughts, noting sounds, noting sensations. This is a really helpful tool that you can use anytime. You can just do it for 30 seconds or a minute, eyes open or closed. In fact, for the last 30 seconds here, open your eyes and just note colors that you see. Red, blue, white. Just taking a moment to step back, observe and note whatever it is you see. And I'll leave you with these feelings of peaceful clarity that we cultivated here together thank you guys so much for tuning in to breathe and think better live we do this every weekday at noon pacific time we will be right back here tomorrow and you can listen to all of our episodes on your favorite podcasting platform breathe and think better is the name of the podcast thank you to everyone and especially for you luna for uh, for the comments and the likes we really appreciate you and we will see everybody tomorrow
1: thanks everyone
0: Thank you for listening to the Breathe and Think Better podcast. Visit the show notes to register for our future live events and to view some additional free resources. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a review inside whatever podcasting platform you use. We would really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.